Welcome aboard the National Football Show. It's your boy, Big Sills. Look at that, Jermaine. I love you already out of the gate here. As we are here again, and what an absolutely spectacular time in football. What a spectacular time in sports. The content, it's not just about what's on the field, is it? Trades. Odell Beckham today. Where's he land? Right? We should get a pretty good sense if he cleared waivers or if he's on a new football team. So could that change the direction of a team if he lands somewhere or somebody signs Odell Beckham? We should find out during our show. That just shows you here that there's topics that are going to be rolling in as the show is going on. So it is really a spectacular time. No question about it. Now, as you heard me say to Jermaine here, hey, man, we welcome everybody aboard the National Football Show. You guys are just absolutely great. We so appreciate you guys stepping in with us. I put a whole bunch of things together. We have content. You have content. It's Eagles and Broncos this week, week 10 of the National Football League, college football. It's really two teams in the field. Do we agree with that? It's Bama and Georgia. In the field, the rest of the teams in college football, they're kind of good. Bama and, and you know what's funny? Xander goes like this to me. This is not a really good Bama team compared to what we've seen in the last, say, 10 years. I know, but get this. This Bama team is still capable of winning the national championship. That just shows you where college football is this year. Maybe not the greatest year for spectacular teams. I think this Georgia team is pretty good. They're pretty loaded. There's no question, though. It's those two teams and the field. All right. So we welcome you guys in. We thank you again for coming aboard. Any Anything you want, we add to the content. All right. I'm going to start it off with the Philadelphia Eagles here. Record right now for the football team is three and six. And I was on the middle today, earlier in the day, and I appreciate everybody saying that we had a really great time with Harry Mays. I think Harry is a great broadcaster, and I so appreciate going on with him, and I enjoy going on with him. And I'm not – hey, know this. Big Seals is not much for doing partner radio or doing partner broadcasting, but I like him. And he and I were talking about some of the things that were circling around with the Eagles. They got a lot of draft choices, obviously, next year. They're going to have three first-round draft choices in the top 10. All of that is great, unless you start talking about Howie Roseman. So we ping-ponged that back and forth. You know, in the process, though, it dawned on me on why the Eagles are in this position, three and six. They talk like they're the Super Bowl champions still. But they're cheap. They're cheap. How can the Philadelphia Eagles be $21 million under the salary cap? You're at the midway point of the season, and you got a football team that's $21 million under the salary cap? How in the world can you call yourself a contender when management and ownership is not reinvesting in the team that they have assembled. Think of this for a minute. 
they go to Eagle fans and make you guys pay $365 a ticket to go to Lincoln Financial, and they want you to invest in that team. They're telling you at the beginning of the year, we got a great roster. We got an up-and-coming coach. This Nick Sirianni guy, you guys are going to be so impressed with him. Hey, remember that draft choice we got in the second round, Jalen Hurts? Jalen Hurts is going to be our guy, and I'm going to prove it to you. You watch him. You hear all these words. But then you do this. Okay, sounds good, man. But then you look at the team's actions. You trade Zach Ertz away. You're $21 million under the salary cap. You were shopping Fletcher Cox. And you were shopping Fletcher Cox because you basically have the highest paid player on your team. And he's a defensive tackle. If the team and the owner and the GM don't believe in their own product, why should you? Now, I'm not surprised there's three and six. You get what you pay for. When you're that much, $20 million under the salary cap, you're not investing in your team. You're not. You're bullshitting people. And the people are the fans. Howie Roseman and the owner of the Eagles bullshitted you this year. They plain and simple bullshitted you. They, their actions of not investing in the team. Guys, this isn't a Dan Silio take. This is their actions. So when you're talking about, hey, you know, this team was a playoff team, they didn't believe it was. Or they would have done everything in their power. Jerry Jones spares no nickels when he assembles a roster. Okay? They, and, and if you look at it, too, did you see how much money Bill Belichick paid in the offseason? What was it, like $330 million in free agent money? that they went into the open market, there's a reason they're five and four. They went out and spent $300 million in contracts to improve the team. Okay? That's actions. You don't see Bill, hey, Mac Jones is spectacular. Mac's going to be our guy. He's the, you don't see any of that in New England. They don't really tell you what they're doing. They go and do it. It's almost like it's a sales pitch with the Eagles to try to convince their fans that they're doing right by them. No, you're not. You have not invested in any way in your own product. If I am a buying season ticket holder, why in the fuck would I buy season tickets to the Philadelphia Eagles when ownership and the general manager are not spending the money it takes to build a championship team? Why in the world would they do that? Okay? Doesn't make sense to me. You're not believing in your own product. Can you believe how much money they're on? I was stunned when I saw that last night. I, I looked it up and I brought it up when I was filling in for the middle today. And Harry goes, yeah, wow. 
The Eagles are $21 million. They're $20.9 million under the salary cap. Jesus, criminy. You know what that means next year, right? When you turn the calendar, you're going to be about 25 to 27 million under the salary cap, and you're going to have 11 draft choices. Holy cow. So you're just building up all this equity? For what, man? For a guy that's not a very good draft evaluator. Maddie says they will take that 21 million rolling into next season where they're already $25 million under at the moment. Maddie, you think they're going to go out into the open market? You really do. And you think they're going to spend all that money? And they're going to remember, and you got to sign all those draft choices. That's a lot of financial commitment. Is the owner of the Eagles willing to do that? To go out and spend that kind of money? Guys, the Eagles are three and six because, hey, Maddie, Maddie says, no, I don't. Maddie, the Eagles are cheap. They talk like the Buccaneers and act like the Jaguars financially. That's, I, I, I cannot believe I'm saying this. The Eagles are cheap. That's why the general manager has so much control. You know, I, w- I was talking earlier in the day with, about this. People are always like, what does Howie Roseman have on, on, on the owner of the Eagles? What, what does he have on him? Okay, well, you know what he has? You, you know what he has on him? Well, he, he's going to have him $25 million under the cap next year. He's going to have 11 draft choices. He's managing his money. And they're somewhat competitive. And you know what their mentality is to you, Eagle fans? You guys won a championship a couple of years ago. That's good enough for now. Now what we're going to do is recoup some money. We're going to sit around and put around for a little bit. And we'll try to get into contention through draft choices, which makes it always cheaper. Okay? Escape says the Eagles DC tried blitzing more than he has this past season on Sunday and even disguising coverages, but it didn't work. We simply don't have the linebackers to get the job done. Escape, this is what I'm talking about. I said this on Monday here. The Eagles were not going to beat the Chargers wide. You just don't have a good enough roster. Now I know why. You didn't invest in yourselves. Wick says, we all talk about firing Howie, but Jeffrey keeps him around to hold on to his wallet. Wick, right. It is more important for the Eagle owner to balance the books than it is to win a championship. When those two guys fell into that title a couple of years back in 17, this gave them the autonomy to do this. Look at what they've done. They have stripped down the team. And get this, you're $21 million under the cap with Carson Wentz's contract still on your books. How in the fuck is that possible? So are you really telling me if Carson Wentz wasn't on your books, You'd be 35 million bucks under the cap? Man. Guys, it's plain and simple. 
you know, I kept looking at the team like, man, he, you know what? This is because I wasn't in the market and I wasn't really, I wasn't really covering the team. You know, I was covering it from 30,000 feet. Now I know why you guys are here. And I kept going like this. Well, you know what? They won a Super Bowl four years ago. They can't be that bad. They're probably still in the look, look, look at what's going on with Atlanta. Atlanta's five and four now. Got a pretty good, pretty big game against Dallas this weekend. They may win that game. And they're starting to gather themselves a little bit. New coach, new system, new philosophy. They're starting to spend a little money. They got a nice draft pick. And this kid Pitts from Florida. Dude, man. Remember, I said, I said this to Gary Cobb on Monday. I said, look, man, they played well. They're just not a good roster. And I kept thinking to myself, how are you the Philadelphia Eagles and you don't have a good roster? Okay, how, how, how is that? And now I know. Then you look at the cap space. Dude, it is unprecedented. Maybe I need to accentuate that point a little more. Guys, it is unprecedented for NFL teams to be that far under the cap unless you're the Jags and teams like that. By the way, I think the Jags are actually going in a good direction. I think Trevor Lawrence is playing better and better. I do. I'm watching him, and he's carrying the weight of that football team on his broad shoulders. I actually think he's getting better. I think the guy's getting better. By the way, Odell Beckham Jr., officially a free agent. That's scary because now he gets to pick his place. Now he gets to pick his place. I'm going to tell you the significance of that here in a minute. You better pray he doesn't go to Dallas. Look, there was a $7.5 million um, amount that was on that deal if you picked up his contract. Nobody was going to pick up. And by the way, the good teams don't have cap space. That's why they couldn't pick him up. And to me, I think Beckham set it up like that, knowing that the majority of the good teams and contending teams right now don't have the cap space. So what they did was $7.5 the majority of the good teams, all the contending teams, man, they're over the cap in many places. Okay? They're over the cap. So they set that up so that he knew he wouldn't be claimed, and now he knew that he would get an opportunity to pick his place. I'll explain that here in a minute, but I just want to make sure you understand this. The Eagles are in the position they're in because ownership and the general manager are cutting costs, not just cutting players, but they're cutting costs. How are you $21 million under the cap with Carson Wentz's money still on your books? Guys, they're not investing in their team. Your actions don't speak to it. You're just barking shit. Kevin says, Dan, been saying this about the owner for 25 years. It's all about the money. That's why Joe Banner was there in Howie. Completely, dude. Robert, because of, of uh, Jalen. Carlos, appreciate you coming aboard. There is no question Joe Banner and Howie Roseman. The reason that the owner of the Eagles loved those two guys really wasn't about building 
a championship roster. It was more about building a competitive football team so you guys would buy into it. And as long as they were competitive against the Giants and the Cowboys, they would think you were fighting it out. There is no way. There, now I know 17 was an aberration. It, things just fell right. Because you're not able to. You can't sustain success when you're cutting cost. You can't. You know, you know what's funny about New England? New England all the time was always pushed against the salary cap. They were always up against the cap. You know why? They had a balanced salary cap. They paid money for special teams, the Adam Vinatieri's and people like that, and made sure their special teams were as good a unit as any other unit on their squad. They were able to spread the money out when it came to backups and such. When it came to being able to get really great defenders, but not high-priced defenders. Every time guys like Darrell Rivas and their contracts came up, what did they do? They shipped them. Look what they did with Stephon Gilmore. This guy's two years removed from winning the NFL Defensive Player of the Year award. He wanted a new contract. They said, fuck that. You're out. Chalk it up to Philly sports. You got to spend money to make money. When you win, your organization earns more. Hey, chalk it up, Sports Philly. Let me say this to you here, brother. Okay, when you invest and reinvest in your own squad, you know what you also do? You create an environment inside your locker room that you're going to be elevated, and that next man up mentality truly exists. That's why in Pittsburgh, do you guys ever remember the Pittsburgh Steelers ever going out in the free agent market and signing anybody of subsequence when it came to big money guys? You know, when Jerome Bettis went to the Steelers, he, people thought he was done with the Rams. So they got him on a bargain basement. The Steelers do not. You know what they do? They want you to get to your second contract. They want to because that means the scouting department did their job, and now the economic side of the department has to do their job. They don't want to lose players. When you make a draft choice in Pittsburgh, dude, the chances of you being a Steeler for two contracts is really awesome. We were talking about Howie Roseman's draft choices over the last couple of years. Folks, in back to 2016 and 17, go back to 15, 16. Nobody's on the team from those teams. It's crazy. They talk like they're the champions still from 17, but they spend money like the Jaguars. Can't win champs like that. You've got to invest in your players. And then what do they do? They, they not only not invest in their players, but then they go out and they get a training wheels coach. If you're a championship team and you're a championship organization, look at what the Washington team did. What did they do? They didn't go and get some young nobody. They got Ron Rivera, who had led a team to a Super Bowl, and it's a guy in the locker room that everybody respects. I'm not saying that some of these young guys aren't really up and coming. I love Sean McVay. I'm a big Sean McVay guy. But guys, this is really, it's evident now. The Philadelphia Eagles are cheap. 
They talk a big game. The fans sit there and they buy it. Because you know why? You want to buy it. That's your team. You want to buy it. That's a sad thing, man. It's a sad thing when you're being bullshitted. Look at this coach that you hired. What's he making? Three million? Do you know that he's not even in the top 50 highest paid college coaches? I looked it up. Top 25 coaches, you know what their average salary is? Five million bucks. That's in college. They went cheap on the coach. They saved money on hiring Nick Sirianni. They're 20 million under the cap. What the fuck do you expect? And you're on a rookie contract with a second-round quarterback. Smile says, relax. Eagles got rid of the problem. Peterson and Wentz. I don't know. Carson Wentz, this week, they beat the Jags. They're 5-5. Five and five. And as far as I'm concerned, Doug Peterson is going to have a job of his choice. I don't know. Really? Okay. Smile, I disagree. Peterson's going to have the job of his choice. And Carson right now, they win this week against the Jags or five and five. And I think they're going to win that. They could be five and five after that horrible start. I don't know. Really? <laughs> Odell Beckham Jr. is a free agent. Where do you think he lands? That's been some story, too, right next to this Aaron Rodgers story. Hey, we're going to catch up with our friend, Jason Cole, NFL Hall of Fame inside. to move Bill Romanowski. He'll be tomorrow, and we're going to talk some defense with him. But I want to talk to Jason. Where does OBJ land? Okay? This Bronco team that the Eagles are going to be – I think Vergil may have saved his job. Okay? We'll talk to Jason. You guys post it. You keep it going. By the way, I got to tell you guys something. Of all the shows on the Jacob Media channel, you guys hitting the like button makes everyone know that you love this show so much. We kill it on that. You're great. Do me a favor. That like button. My boy Jason's going to catch right here on the channel. Flow. At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass, free. What's that? Uh, a rocks glass? You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that. Holy shit. And you're telling me I can get one of these glasses for free? That's right. One free rocks glass per customer with each first-time purchase of Stateside Vodka. So good, it just disappears.
when it comes to the fight against insurance companies, large corporations, and the healthcare industry, injured victims are always the underdog. But that doesn't worry us. At Messon Associates, we're an injury law firm from Philadelphia, and we come to fight. Our clients know that they've got representation with a chip on its shoulder, and it's the same chip that makes Philly the toughest city in the country. Call 215-568-3500 or visit us online at messalaw.com. Messon Associates, the toughest injury firm in Philadelphia. Basketball is part of how we grew up in this city, and every morning, IBEW Local 98 members take their best shot building this city, rescuing our community from decay, and inspiring the young men and women of the region to take pride in who we are, like the Hawks who will never die. Local 98 members love tradition. John Doherty, business manager of Local 98, says it this way, the best way not to forget where you come from is to never leave. Go for the midnight dares. Go for the game. Go for the hits. Go for the fans. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass. Free. You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that. Welcome back. National Football Show, your boy Dan Cilio. So you see that crap with Tony Corintha last night, the NFL official that threw himself in and gave like a hip check to a Chicago Bear player. Did you see that so that they could get a penalty on the guy? How do you know you're not fixing a f- football game when you see crap like that? How do you know that? How, how do you know that you're not, you're not in with a bookie or something? Or you're in with a guy that's fixing a game. How do you know you're not doing that? And some would say, come on, Dan, that's a little bit of a read. Well, dude, that was something that was so evident that everyone saw. It looks like the game's rigged when you do that. You know, I mean, just he he's he stuck his rear end out and he wanted to be able to get a penalty and throw a flag on him. I mean, there's no reason for that. Just for you to be part of the game and the broadcast. Shows you, too. You know what it does? Exposes the referees that they want to be part of the broadcast, too. And that they want their name out there. They want you to forget that they're not part of the League Baseball umpires. Gina, you know what? I'm, I'm not saying the game is rigged, but give the of that does he have something is he shaving points that's the kind of stuff you look at when somebody's missing shots or something right you're like well is he throwing the game or is he trying to manipulate get this nowadays with gambling being legal these referees got to be a scope more by the league because you know why all the prop bets over under right points scored Proposition bets on field goals. Dude, you're going to be subject to such more scrutiny when you see stuff like that if you're the NFL. 
And the number one thing you don't want to the former commissioner of the NBA used to say this all the time. The number one thing hurt the integrity of any league will be the reputation of your officials. And if you have your officials not looking like they're on the up and up, fastest way that the public will turn their back on you because they think you don't have integrity and in what their money's being bet on. Like if you show up to a craps table and you know the table's loaded, you're not going to stay there. Why would I? Odds of me winning are not there. People turn their back on it. You think fantasy football was invented because there's geeks every Friday sitting around with no chicks at a bar? Hey, Bob, how you doing? It was built for the gamblers. Okay? It's built for the gamblers, man. <laughs> Absolutely. Think of this for a second here, Od Odell Beckham Jr. now. So now he clears waivers. He's going to be able to pick a place where he wants to go. And you know what that means? His agent right now is on the horn with every single one of the teams that Odell may want to play for. And every one of those teams has to have a signal caller. Beckham is not going to go to a place that he just came from where a quarterback struggles on getting the football to wideouts. Okay, Jarvis Landry is in for a long, long haul with Baker Mayfield as your quarterback. That guy struggles, too, on getting the football. That's why the team is built around the running game. And when you ask Baker Mayfield to win a ball game, it's a tough proposition for him to do it. You think Beckham wants to be in a scenario like that again? He wants to be in a place like Arizona. He wants to be in a place like Seattle, Rams, Green Bay. New Orleans, eh, maybe not New Orleans, New England, okay? Why would he go to Miami when you're not sure if the quarterback's going to be there? Why would you go to now if you're not sure the quarterback's going to be there, right? I mean, all of these play into how you're going to pick a team. Like here, why would Beckham go to San Francisco? I'm not even sure the coach is going to be there. Eastside monster. So he's going to go from Cleveland to Buffalo. Hey, Stephon Diggs did it. Right? Stephon Diggs did it. So, yeah. All right. Let's spend a little time here with our friend Jason Cole here and get his thoughts. There's a lot of news going on in the National Football League as we speak. And Odell Beckham has cleared waivers. Jason Cole here with us. Jason, um... This is probably the best situation for Odell Beckham, isn't it? Because now he gets an opportunity to pick a destination instead of going to a place for one year, potentially, because he was claimed off a wave. This now gives an opportunity to maybe pick a place for the next couple of years. Does it have to be a contender in your, in your opinion? And do you think it has to upgrade from what he just came from when it comes to the quarterback position? So that kind of limits it a little bit. Seattle, Los Angeles, Green Bay. Maybe New England, places like that. Is that where you see him potentially shopping his services? I think it's either short term with a contender where he can make an impact, play off of the team having some success, and that he that way he can parlay that into a bigger contract coming back out. Or I think ultimately, like, like Odell's a, a star, or he considers himself a star. Um, he loved New York. 
uh, for the social life. He loved Los Angeles and training there for the social life. Um, he sees himself as something more than purely an athlete. Um, so I think that if you're talking about a longer term deal, and I, I can't really see a team doing that at this point in time, especially not the Rams with their cap constraints. But if you're talking about a longer term deal, then you're talking about some place where he's going to think that he can parlay his persona into something bigger. Although I don't think there's much persona left. How about this, Jace? Would some place like Las Vegas be a destination after what happened with the wide receiver? They lose one of their uh, wide to a very horrible situation. Could you see potentially something like that? Him, I mean, and it kind of fits his mentality. Odell Beckham, Vegas, the Raiders. I mean, you, could you see something like this and Mike Mayock maybe uh, pursuing this? I could see it. I don't know if they're a little bit gun shy at this point in time about having, huh, about having a guy who's potentially another attitude problem. And not that, oh, Odell is anything close to what we're talking about with rugs or with Arnett, right? Yeah. I mean, he's not dangerous to anybody. Odell's just kind of a pain in the rear when, when you have to deal with the shenanigans, but they're just shenanigans. Okay. So I don't want to paint him into that corner that he's somehow like Damon Arnett or as irresponsible as rugs. That's that's, that would be wrong. But if you're the Raiders and you've dealt with what you've dealt with for the last month, do you want to take on another no. high maintenance? Considering him a Raider at this point in time. Yeah, I'm with you on that. I think you're dead on. I think, you know, all the stuff that's gone on there in Las Vegas over the last month, that'd be a tough proposition. Let me move you on to Aaron Rodgers. Does all of this stuff go away with a win against Seattle this weekend? Yeah. Look, this is a... I mean, look, I'm upset with Aaron Rodgers for football reasons and for logical progression of who Aaron Rodgers has put himself out there to be, right? Especially when you talk about a guy who has complained so much about other people and their behavior toward him to then have him turn around and do this to his team. Like, I think it's a two-faced thing. And Aaron has to face that he's not going to because Aaron doesn't like critics at this point in time. He doesn't like people who disagree with him. He doesn't have anybody around him who says, hey, you know, that's BS. You know, you, you stop it. You need to stop acting like that. He tunes those people out, and he puts yes men around him, unfortunately. And I don't know why he's that thin-skinned, but he is. And maybe this is just an extension of all the things that drove him to be great once he got to the NFL, you know, like Brett Favre putting him down and putting him in his place. And, you know, those things, those things were great when they, then when they drove him to greatness, they're the things that also tear you down at a certain point in time after you've actually arrived. Um, look, um, there, there are a lot of athletes in the history of, of sports who have had that kind of thing happen to them where, you know, like their own mentality breaks them down after a while. But yeah, look, people will be fixated on, are they going to win? Yeah. Can they go to a Super Bowl? Can they be, you know, can be, they be a, a real contender and this will go away at that point and he'll follow the rules and he'll do the thing and he'll fall into line with all the things he's supposed to do. 
So yeah, I, I think it's sort of much ado about nothing. But at the end of the day, it's like a real bruise on his character, to, if, you, if you understand Aaron Rodgers. Absolutely. Jason, I want to throw this at you too. I, I don't know. I looked it up. I, I don't know if I've ever seen uh, this type of transition take place in front of our eyes here. Where a college coach sucked so bad, and he had Patrick Mahomes in college, he's turned out to be a better NFL head coach. I mean, he takes Colt McCoy up to San Francisco and beats the brakes off of Kyle Shanahan's 49ers. I mean, I'm talking Cliff Kingsbury. Have you been yeah. surprised oh. with his coaching so far since he's got into the league? Yeah, he's been, he's been spectacular. I mean, he's built an offense. I don't even really believe that much in the offense. I believe in the players. But I will give him a lot of credit and give Steve Kime a lot of credit. They got together and they decided which players fit into this system the best and drive this system the most, right? Yeah. And, you know, they've made it work around both quarterbacks at this point in time. Now, although, look, I'm not believing in Colt McCoy long term. Let's let's be realistic about that. Um, he's a guy you only want to play once or twice a year. And so you need to get Kyler Murray back on the field if you're going to be a serious contender. And I would also say this, they better take advantage of Kyler Murray now before the injuries start to pile up later on in his career because he's a runner and he's a smaller guy, all those things that we talk about. But as of right now, they're spectacular. I mean, and they got and they're deep. I mean, James Conner is a perfect fit for what they do in that running game where they create lanes for him because they play so much spread, you know, spread offense. And so, so he's great, and he can catch the ball enough that, you know, when Chase Edmonds goes down, they don't miss a beat, right? I mean, that, that's how good James Conner's been. So, yeah, I, I, I'm really impressed with both the personnel that they've uh, put together, how it fits together, and what Kingsbury's done with it. I agree with you, man. Conner, I, I thought he was just a dude in Pittsburgh. He's He's been absolutely spectacular. He still may just be a dude, though. I mean, but he's – the right dude in that attack. Certain, yeah. certain players fit into certain offenses and better than others. He fits with what they're trying to do. It's the classic old sort of Mouse Davis um, method, which is spread people out, create some running lanes, but make sure you have a guy who's a bigger guy who can break a tackle here and there and basically take care of the fact that you don't have all the blockers that you're necessarily going to have all the time. Jace, let me take you to another coach. Is it fair to say that the most underrated coach in the National Football League is Mike Vrabel? I'll tell you something, man. This guy here, look at the reclamation project of Ryan Tannehill. Look, look at what they did, less than 200 yards in offense. He brings Jim Swartz in as a consultant to his defense. That unit's playing lights-out football. They end the Brady and Belichick era last year or two years ago in the playoffs. I mean – this guy Vrabel can coach his ass off. He is some coach, man. I mean, most underrated in the league, maybe. How's Mike Tomlin in that category? You know, I, I mean, look for a guy who hasn't won anything. Yes, probably. Okay. Um, you know, I still want to see more out of Vrabel, but he's the best Belichick guy, and I think that part of it is that, you know, if you know if you know Vrabel, he just understands a locker room. He understands how to talk to fellow players. He has a sense of humor about him, which is 
he takes he knows what to take seriously and he knows what not to take seriously right and i don't think he like he doesn't sweat the media and the con he sweats okay are we communicating the things that we need to communicate and are guys getting the message straight and are they being told what they need to be told i mean there are countless stories about Vrabel and how he's one of the few guys who in joking ways would would stand up to Belichick. I mean, these are remarks I couldn't repeat on any show, but he's the one guy who could give Belichick a little trouble from time to time and sort of humanize Belichick. Two last questions for you here. Um, Vic Fangio, you think he saved his job with that performance? I, I, I didn't think that Broncos Dallas Cowboys game was, I didn't think it was competitive and it's not so much that Dak was rusty. It was that, the Cowboys' defense, again, looked like the 2020 Dallas Cowboy defense, and they were manhandled, Jason. I mean, that was at the point of attack being physically manhandled, and he, I believe the head coach of the Broncos said that team is not much better defensively than they think they were. They are getting a lot of turnovers this year. We're going to run that ball, and if Bridgewater plays like that, I'll tell you what, man, I was impressed with the Broncos, and if I was yeah. ownership – I think about keeping him, or do you think he's still he's still on one of those burner seats? Oh, he's on a burner seat. I mean, this is a week to week kind of proposition, and then at the end of the okay. season, you just kind of evaluate where they are. And, and look, is Teddy Bridgewater the long term answer? The answer is no. Teddy Bridgewater is a, a really terrific backup quarterback and a guy who you can win with if everybody around you is healthy and you have a lot of weapons. They've got Judy and Sutton and Fant, and a couple of running backs who are pretty good, an offensive line that's okay. Not great, okay. If you have that unit healthy, Teddy Bridgewater's fine. If you're asking Teddy Bridgewater to go make plays on his own, he's just a guy. And I think that the same is sort of true of Fangio in his own way. You give him enough talent, he'll be fine. But he's just kind of a guy as a coach. So I think you get to the end of the season, and you evaluate seriously where you are, and if you are – convinced that you're going to get Aaron Rodgers next offseason, I think you have to get a more sophisticated coach or, at the very least, a more sophisticated offensive coordinator to plot where you're going from here and, you know, and, and make sure that you fortify that defense enough if you keep Fangio. So I think there are a whole lot of questions for Denver as they approach the end of the season and what they're going to be. Finally here, um, at the end of the year, Aaron Rodgers is set. He right now he's seven and one. He's playing at an MVP level like he did a year ago. Would you hold against him what went down with his vaccination status and everything on voting him another MVP with the way that he's conducted himself in the offseason and this year? Or would it be strictly still what goes on the field and the one loss column? How do you look at that? Or maybe do you think the media will hold it against him? Oh, I think some guys will hold it against them. I mean, I, I look personally, I, again, I think it's a lack of leadership. Now, does that weigh into the MVP? And, you know, how do they finish? You know, do they, do they end up getting the number one seed? Um, because you have to vote at the end of the regular season. The playoffs don't count as part of the MVP. So if you're voting at the end of the season on that, you know, are they in the number one seed in the NFC? Are they the number one seed in the league? Have they recovered from this loss to Kansas City enough does he sort of change his tune a little bit? and Or does he just come back and he's so angry at everybody that he just plays so lights out the rest of the way that you can't 
stop him. I mean, he's he did that last year, right? I mean, especially the second half of the season. He was amazing. So, uh, look, as of this moment, I would kind of look at it and go, you know, it's stat- – like if you take Stafford over here and you've got Rodgers over here, do I think Rodgers is a better player than Stafford? Yes. Is Stafford done more with the Rams and, and been everything that they're supposed to be? Probably. So I would probably favor Stafford in that, in that discussion um, because this has left a bad taste in my mouth, but I've got eight weeks before I have to decide. Absolutely. Jace, I appreciate it, brother. We'll catch you next week. Thank you so much, my Be friend. Be good. Later. You got it. That is my friend, Jason Cole. We'll take a brief time out. I, I want you to think about something. Jim Swartz, the former defensive coordinator for the Philadelphia Eagles, is now a consultant to Tennessee to Mike Vrabel. Why didn't the Eagles ask him to stay on as a consultant for Jonathan Gannon? Did you see that? Titans defense, what they did last week, they're the number one seeded team in the AFC as of right now. And we'll also ask you guys the question, you think voters are going to hold it against Aaron Rodgers on how this whole vaccination, non-vaccination thing went down? Keep it right here on the National Football Show. Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass, free. What's that? Uh, a rocks glass? You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that. Holy shit. And you're telling me I can get one of these glasses for free? That's right. One free rocks glass per customer with each first-time purchase of Stateside Vodka. So good, it just disappears. When it comes to the fight against insurance companies, large corporations, and the healthcare industry, injured victims are always the underdog. But that doesn't worry us. At Messon Associates, we're an injury law firm from Philadelphia, and we come to fight. Our clients know that they've got representation with a chip on its shoulder, and it's the same chip that makes Philly the toughest city in the country. Call 215-568-3500, or visit us online at messalaw.com. Messon Associates, the toughest injury firm in Philadelphia. Basketball is part of how we grew up in this city. And every morning, IBEW Local 98 members take their best shot building this city, rescuing our community from decay, and inspiring the young men and women of the region to take pride in who we are, like the Hawks who will never die. Local 98 members love tradition. John Dockett. Business manager of Local 98 says it this way. The best way not to forget where you come from is to never leave. Go for the midnight dares. Go for the game. Go for the hits. Go for the fans. Go for the win. 
go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass. Free. You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that. National Football Show, your boy Dan Sonio. So why didn't ownership and Howie Roseman invite Jim Schwartz to be the consultant? If you wanted to hire a brand new coordinator and you wanted to hire, he's not retired. He's in the building. I found this out this morning. Jim Schwartz is in Tennessee. He's not retired. What bullshit media person in Philly told you that? Okay, was that just something that they wanted to have as a parting conversation for Eagle fans? Let me tell you something, man. That organization in the last 17 months has bullshitted its fans. They have bullshitted you. $20 million under the cap. You got a training wheels head coach. You got a training wheels defensive coordinator. You have no experience in the building. Is that by design? Is that by design? Man, I got to tell you, the more and more I'm covering this team, instead of being from 30,000 feet, being kind of in the room, dude, man, you got some decision. You got some decision makers in there that can't see, you know, through the forest here a little bit. Marty says Swartz was easy scapegoat for last season in bad drafting. The media in Philly are shills. Oh, well, because they have to be mouthpieces. You want accessibility to the Eagles and you want accessibility. You think, hey, I guarantee you, you really think the Philadelphia media, media, not the fans, but do you really think the Philadelphia media is kicking Ben Simmons' ass right now? You got to be very careful because Doc is still in the building. So is Daryl Morey. And they'll hold that against talk show host. They'll, they'll, the, the people who want access, you got to be a little careful in how you go around the edges on that, or you'll get cut. And they will deny you. Okay? They will deny you. So you got to be careful in how you go around the edges. Look, I've been friends with Doc for 25 years. 25 years. And you can't beat him up. East Candom for life, thank you. We were just talking about your Eagles being $21 million under the salary cap. At the midway point, dude, they weren't looking to build a championship football team this year. They were bullshit artists. They were bullshit artists, man. 21 under the cap. Show me a team right now that's that far under the salary cap that's contending for a Super Bowl. Joe says how he must go. I'm old enough to have been at Franklin Field for Joe must go chance. Time to bring it back. Joe. Okay. 
Hugh, here, here, Hugh. Hugh brings the point up. Like, seriously, why isn't Jim Schwartz as your consultant? Oh, how he needed another whipping bag? Man. Sounds like to me a lot of excuses in your building. Not enough people standing up and going, this is my fault. It's my job to turn it around. I'd have respect for Howie Roseman if that fucker stood up at a podium and went, hey, look, the current situation to this football team is my responsibility to fix it. And if I can't, I should leave. This is my responsibility. Just like it was when we won a Super Bowl. But that's old news. That's how you should be saying this. That's old news. That's in the rearview mirror. If you're looking through your rearview mirror and you're seeing the best moments of your life, then guess what, folks? You're stuck in the past. If your best highlights are in your past, not much of a future then for you, son. Go out and create new highlights. Go out and create new steps. That's not what the Eagles are doing. They're not creating a brighter future. They're hanging on to their past. And it's fading. And that's why you get scapegoats and you get people that you use for excuses on failure. Must be Wentz. Well, that's also on you not coaching him. Well, it must be Doug Peterson. Well, that's on you for not getting him the players he needed. Well, that's on everyone. No, dude, it's on you. You're the GM of the fucking place. East Candom, he's satisfied because the Eagles are cheap. They're cheap. Man. You know what you can, hey guys, follow me here. I would rather have you tell me that my football team is just not good enough and we just don't have the talent on the team than to do this. My owner doesn't want to invest in my team. He's not investing in his team. He's reaping the rewards of being an NFL owner and bullshitting you in the same process and telling you we're getting better. Knowing full well, you'll never reach where you need to get to with the current status of the team and the current direction of the team. Here, maybe I'm wrong on this. Guys, maybe I'm wrong. You actually think they're going to spend $30 million this coming offseason, $35 million it's probably where it's going to be under the cap. They're going to probably going to be so much. And then when you get rid of the Wentz contract, and then you get rid of the um, the uh, Fletcher Cox contract, you may be $50 million under the cap and 11 picks. You think they're going to spend 60 to $50 million next year in the offseason? No fucking way. No way. No way. Because it's not their nature. Dude. Guys, does this sound like I'm hating on your team? Because God tell me, and I'll, I'll stop because I'm not hating on it. I'm What I'm doing is I'm pointing this out. Watch this. So tell me if this is not right, and I'll take myself out of that cloud of 30,000 feet. So 
Howie Roseman, he's got the full roster of the team, right? He Then he looks at this, right? Maddie, right? Here's the roster. Here's the salaries. Okay, well, he's coming up on an incentive. Um, this guy right here. Let's play him. Why do you think you guys have a collection of running backs that don't make anything? You guys keep telling me you have good running backs. You do. They're solid guys, but they're cheap. They're cheap guys. This Jordan Mulata deal, you know how they got over on that deal? Jordan Mulata was a seventh-round draft choice. They were paying him jack crap out of the gate. They're just paying the money they really owe them now. That was a steal. It was a blind steal. Oh, this guy's that good? You think they really thought that guy was great? Why would you draft him in the seventh round then? Wait, well, we are talent evaluators. Had him in the seventh round. Wow, okay, so you missed on him six times. Yeah, okay. They manage your team with a checkbook. You think Jerry Jones is looking at that? Man. Joe says how he never learns. Classic Napoleon complex. People on the team know it too. You're missing it, Joe. Joe. The owner of the Eagles, it's not important to win Lombardi trophies to him. It's important to bullshit you. It's important to be decent, good. You know what happens when you're great? You have to pay for greatness. 215 says running backs are expendable. Absolutely. That's why they're not high. Derrick Henry has the franchise tag. You know what it is? The franchise tag is $14 million. That's the highest paid guy in the league at that position. And the next guy ain't that close. That just shows you. Wide receivers make more money than the running backs today. Okay? You're never going to hear this. I would never be allowed on in Philadelphia radio. This would never go down. I'd be yanked off the air by my fourth break. My fourth fucking break, I'd be off the air. I'm going to tell you this. That guy is managing your football team through the lens of a bullshit artist. You can't, guys, why I'm fired up about it, you can't keep telling fans that you're building something when you're $20 million under the cap. 11 draft choices. Training wheel coaches. And you're doing it you know why they hired Nick Sirianni? You know, I, I wondered why they hired a guy with no coaching experience whatsoever as a head coach. You know what I thought? Well, you know, okay, you know, you, 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 Brandon Staley didn't really have any experience. But now I know why they did it. They did it for money reasons. Okay? They, they absolutely did it for money reasons. Never going to win like this. You can't win with a... You can't win running your football team for the owner's box and your checkbook. Have you ever done this? Gone to a junk pile, bought something and went, man, I'll tell you what, this is as good as new. 
And I'll tell you what, man, this thing here, man, I'm, I can't believe I got such a great deal on it. You pay for expensive things for a reason. Okay? Quality. There's a difference between a Timex and a Rolex. Okay? I know some people look at the watches and go, well, they both tell time, Dan. That's all I care about. That's all they see it through. The owner of the Eagles and the GM of the Eagles look at a Rolex and a Timex as the same timepiece. That's how they manage your team. That's how they've built your team. There's no difference between a Timex and a Rolex to them. Everyone knows, common sense, there's a complete difference. When I want to go back and try to sell my Rolex, it goes up in value. You buy a Rolex 10 years ago for 10 grand, you go sell it for 25,000 today. Those things don't depreciate. Your players on your roster shouldn't depreciate. You draft a guy like Jalen Hurts, because the way he's playing, he may still garner a second rounder. All right, I got to take a timeout. I want to hit on that Rodgers thing too as well. Hour two coming up. We'll get to all your thoughts. You keep it right here on the National Football Show. Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass, free. What's that? Uh, a rocks glass? You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that. Holy shit. And you're telling me I can get one of these glasses for free? That's right. One free rocks glass per customer with each first-time purchase of Stateside Vodka. So good, it just disappears. When it comes to the fight against insurance companies, large corporations, and the healthcare industry, injured victims are always the underdog. But that doesn't worry us. At Messon Associates, we're an injury law firm from Philadelphia, and we come to fight. Our clients know that they've got representation with a chip on its shoulder, and it's the same chip that makes Philly the toughest city in the country. Call 215-568-3500 or visit us online at messalaw.com. Messon Associates, the toughest injury firm in Philadelphia. Basketball is part of how we grew up in this city. And every morning, IBEW Local 98 members take their best shot building this city, rescuing our community from decay, and inspiring the young men and women of the region to take pride in who we are, like the Hawks who will never die. Local 98 members love tradition. John Dockery. Business manager of Local 98 says it this way. The best way not to forget where you come from is to never leave. Go for the midnight dares. Go for the game. Go for the hits. Go for the fans. 
go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass. Free. You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that. Somebody says I sound like Joe Rogan. <laughs> Only difference is Joe's is loaded with marijuana. Not a bad idea, though. <laughs> oh, yeah, I got my little cigar thing here. Look, my cohibas and all that. Oh, vey. Oh, yeah, that just shows you there, too. You wouldn't buy a $2 cigar when someone would offer you a $100 cigar with a cohiba. There's a reason why you pay for Cuban cigars. It's high quality. In Philadelphia, they don't believe in that. They don't believe in high quality. That's why you haven't drafted anybody outside the first round. That was a freaking pro bowler on your defense since Trent Cole 16 years ago. You don't spend dough. And it also shows me that Howie is so entrenched in his draft choices. He will keep a guy on the team no matter how bad he sucks because he drafted him high. You know, in New England, if they make a mistake on a draft choice, do you know the difference between the draft process in New England versus the Philadelphia Eagles? Here it is. And and by the way, it's not like New England hits on all their draft choices because Bill Belichick really doesn't hit on his draft choices all that much. But you know what Bill does? He moves off of his mistakes quickly. He moves off of those mistakes fast, gets rid of them. He'd rather keep the six-round draft choice as far as he's concerned because you know why? You know half the league, when it comes to building rosters, is built by players that were drafted in the latter rounds or were free agents. Half the, half the roster is that. You've got to have guys to balance your roster that aren't expensive. And, but what, what Howie Roseman has done is he's taken it to another level. Okay? He's taken it to another level. By the way, guys, do me a favor. Thank you so much for coming aboard. Please hit that like button. You guys have absolutely crushed it. I love saying this. Pound that bitch. I just got a text from Harry Mays. I think he's such a great talent, and I really loved working with him. We did the middle today, and that was a lot of fun, too. So you guys were jumping aboard with us, and we were kind of ping-ponging back and forth a whole bunch of stuff. I do this show different. This show is completely different because you guys are all involved with it, and I add you guys to the mix. And that's kind of what we do here. And it's becoming a bigger and bigger success. And I can't thank you guys enough. I just wish to God we could, we could hear each other because I think we'd have an even bigger time if we could all hear each other. 215, Milton Williams on the same team with Fletcher, both being coached by Gannon. No one does anything. Yeah, it's a scheme. They're caught in the mud. They don't know what they're doing. Okay. Jermaine says you and Harry 
are on fire today. He's a good guy, man. And you know what? I really don't like to do partner radio, but or partner broadcasting. I, I like him. He's he he he's pretty good. Real quick here on this Aaron Rodgers topic. How many of the woke media do you think are going to hold this whole fiasco and this whole vaccination process against him? Say he wins. Say he wins home field advantage for his Packers at the end of the year, and he's playing at another MVP level. Does Aaron Rodgers win the MVP award, or do you think they bypass him because of this whole vaccination? This ain't going away. You see Howard Stern wants him to be kicked out of the league? He wants to have Aaron Rodgers kicked out of the league for lying. Well, Howard, when you come on the air every day, you lie about your career now every day because you made your career out of being a racist and doing racy skits, being blackface. And now I'm supposed to believe all of a sudden, I can't tell who is a bigger bullshit artist. You were Joe Biden. You know, know, 40 years ago, you were this. Now all of a sudden you're this. Can you really change yourself? Hey, people can evolve. But don't pretend that part of your life didn't exist. That's what, that's what this woke media does. You know what they do? They want to erase chapters in our history instead of realizing the lesson that we've learned moving forward is through our trials and tribulations. You only grow as a human being or a company or a person by your failures, not by your successes. Hell, I tell my daughter this all the time. You're going to fail 10 times more in your life as an athlete than you will ever have when it comes to successes. And I know that as well as anything, especially in the broadcasting business. Okay? Carlos says Stern's lost his balls. He totally has. It's not the same show. It's not the same show. But you got to keep your integrity. I mean, really. Stern's a pussy now. He is. This guy here is not even in the same conversation like he used to be. You know, when I was a kid, I used to watch that guy on my way to school, and I would sit there and go like this. I'm not getting out of my car. I couldn't get out of my car. I haven't listened to a Howard Stern show in probably 15 years. It's not a good show. He's not. It's not a good show, dude. That's why you're seeing guys like Joe Rogan taking over. Joe Rogan's taking over. You know why? Because Joe Rogan just speaks what's on his mind. That's why formats like this for me are 10 times better than the radio. Dude, I don't know if I could ever go back on the radio ever again. Because I'm not sure. Hey, and guess what? The economics are catching up with me. That means, you know what? I got a lot of people asking me to do things. It's catching up with me. And pretty soon, this is going to be for me. Okay? This is why you and I could talk about the Eagles the way we are. We could talk about it like this. You can't go on WIP or the Fanatic in Philadelphia and talk like this. You can't. Teams will call. Here, I'll give you guys a story here. You guys are going to love this. I was doing radio in San Diego. And get this, I started getting critical going 
I mean, what's the general manager done? And quite frankly, they fired another manager. And they just hired Melvin. Great, okay, sounds like a good hire. I like the guy who was up in Oakland, right? I was on there, and I was very critical. I said, well, the Padres, they keep bullshitting their fans all the time. Team called Entercom and had me taken off the air in San Diego. Well, no, no. First, I was told I couldn't do the Dan Cilio show. I was actually told these words. I have to do Snowflake Radio. I was like this. Okay, what does that mean, Snowflake Radio? Don't be so critical of the team. Well, what the hell am I doing then on the radio? Well, you can't be critical of the Padres. So if they're in a 14-game losing streak, I'm supposed to be a cheerleader? They went, yes. I was like, wow. And now when I tune on radio in Boston or I tune on radio in Philly, same thing. They're going to go to a line with Ben Simmons, but remember something. You can't go too crazy because you got to deal with Daryl Morey. You, you, you can't kill Nick Sirianni too much because then management comes and won't put players on your show. Okay? They won't do it. Hey, Eastside Monster, I was on in Tampa, and we were the flagship of the Bucks. I said uh, Mark Dominic was – I said he was a snowflake. And I said he was a – no, no. You know what I called him? Remember the general manager of the uh, Buccaneers? You know what I called Mark Dominic? He's always on with Colin Coward. You know what I called him? I called him a bookworm, like a librarian. That's how he drafted. He was 25 and 55 as the general manager of the Bucks, And they didn't want me to be critical. So they didn't put players on my show. I still did 10 shares. I still did 10 shares in Tampa. They couldn't stop me. So they trumped up some crazy thing that I said on the radio that I was this or I was that. And they, then they plastered it on the internet. And that's what you get. You get the internet assassins bringing dumb stuff up, which never was true. That's what you get. But you have to point out what's going on with the Eagles. You're cheap. You're cheap. Watch this. Let me say this one more time to you. Here is my opening statement to all Philadelphia Eagle fans. Open your wallet. Try tipping someone. Try paying somebody their value. Hire good people. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Let me let me do this here. I'm a consultant to your company, the Philadelphia Eagles. Are you ready? Here's my assessment of you. Now that I'm looking you in the eye instead of from 30,000 feet, let me look you in the eye. You don't spend money on quality personnel. You hire too many inexperienced people in key roles. Your general manager is too invested in too many assets and in too many departments in your company. Is he the GM or is he a troubleshooter? 
You know, some companies have troubleshooters that go around to all the divisions and they'll write these little reports. You've got too many people with too many opinions. There's no clarity in the Eagle organization. The only clarity that I see, inexperienced hires, inexperienced players at key roles, inexperienced coaches in key roles, and you're $20 million under the cap. What are you expecting? You're three and six. You think you're going to be six and three with those dynamics working against you? Come on. Come on. How are you going to win when you're not winning in your own building? Worst thing to happen to Philadelphia. Not the fans. Worst thing to happen to Philadelphia. You ready? That Super Bowl win. How many times has an organization regretted? Oh, wait, maybe the Falcons, because after that 28-point lead, they're just recovering this year. They're 5-4 and four now. And if they beat the Cowboys, you know, can you imagine that's Nick Sirianni's biggest win is beating the Falcons? It is. How do you answer this? And get this, you know, and you know what, guys? Do me a favor. Everybody comes on here and goes, fire the GM. The owner should sell the team. What's the other one? Jalen's not the guy. No shit. Do you know why now? They don't want it to be. They don't want it to be that way. Here's what I would do. Follow me here. If I'm firing Doug Peterson, I'm not hiring a guy who's out of graduate school to replace him. Didn't anybody in the media go like this? So you fired a Super Bowl coach for a guy that's never had any experience as a head coach. Really? Okay. I'm, didn't anybody say anything about that? Then what does that guy do? Here, here. let me show you one thing that um, Sean McVay did that was brilliant. Sean McVay, do you know that Sean McVay is still the youngest coach in the league today? Do you know that? Sean McVay. How many years has he been coaching now? Five? He's still the youngest coach in the NFL. That's a fact. What was his number one hire? He put Wade Phillips in the locker room. He said, Wade, listen, I need you in there to convey my message and what I'm doing, and I want you to have complete autonomy over the defense because as I make the transition from an assistant coach and play caller, he's a former head coach. He's been beat up in the league. He knows what works, and he doesn't know what works. See, the one thing about Wade, Wade wasn't a great head coach. But you know what Wade did do? Wade was a phenomenal defensive coordinator. I tried to have him on today. Guess what he sent me back? He's in Barcelona, Spain. So I guess that'd be a tough connection. 
I said yesterday we're going to try to get weight on. He's in Barcelona, Spain, enjoying his life. If I was Nick Sirianni, I would have hired Wade. Wade, you want to be my coordinator? Everyone would have went. Wouldn't you and Philly have gone, that's a great hire. Dude, him and Jim Johnson are a lot alike. They just talk different. One's a Texan, and the other guy is a hardcore dude, like a military guy. He's out of the Buddy Ryan kind of school. Camden, nobody said anything about these hires. Dude, let me, let me say this. Okay, so wait a minute. If you're in your guys' respected business, okay? Robert goes, Dan Cilio, former Miami Hurricane and radio show host, was fired by Miami radio station WMEM after he put a bounty. Robert, do you want to hear something about that? That's true, by the way. I thought I was just having fun. It turned out to be not fun on me. You, you know, and you know what? My business partner is the man who who fired me, Steve Lapa. He's my business partner. The same man that fired me is my business partner today. I think that's all you need to know, isn't it? Go look on dancilioshow.com. You'll see Lapa Broadcasting, Lapa Communications. I think that's what it is. He's my business partner. That's all you need to know. Okay. That's all you need to know. Kevin, it's a losing situation in Philly. It's about money, not Super Bowls. It's impossible to win. And get this, but what they're doing is they're spinning it that way. They're spinning it that we're trying to build something great here and we're trying to build a championship. It's not ha- That's not what they're doing. That's not what they're doing. That is so not what they're doing, dude. Why do you look? They're praying Jalen works because it's a rookie contract and it's a second round contract. And get this Jalen Hurts is starting because Carson Wentz is in Indy and they've got to eat some of that salary. That's why they don't have a veteran quarterback in the building. And that's why Joe Flacco was easy to move. And the Gardner Minshew deal, I looked it up, it's a cheap deal. Yeah, but get this, East Cannon. You bring a guy like Rex Ryan into the building, he's going to start telling people what to do and how we and the owner don't want to have that. Jeff says, why do we need to try and win when you get $175 million from the league every year? Hey, Jeff, I think that number is a little south. I think it's more like $200 million now. I think it's more like $225. You're talking about the television contracts that every team is paid out. I think that number is more like 235, somewhere in there. They get a quarter of a billion dollars. That's what the salary cap is built off of, is the television money. Do you know 97% of the NFL operating budget for every team comes out of TV? Not you fans showing up to games. Lincoln Financial could have nobody show up. That's why the NFL did not suffer in any way with the pandemic last year. Because 97% of the operating budget comes from TV, not attendance any longer. The sports like NBA and hockey and baseball, they're generated off of revenue from the fans, not the NFL. Why do you think they made the Red Zone channel? They made the Red Zone channel so you could sit at home and gamble on all your fantasy teams. Birdman, I think it's more $300 million. I think it is that number. I think it is that number. 
So I, I, I thought about it after I did the middle today with Harry Mays. And I'm like, how are the Eagles $21 million under the salary cap? And then they're bullshitting people by telling them they're trying to win with a coach who has no experience at all as the number one guy. Man. Jesus, criminy. 11 draft choices next year. $50 million in cap space next year. What will change? Boy, I'll tell you. Howie's got to turn himself in to let's make a deal. You, you, you're going to have to do some fancy convincing to get free agents to play in Philly going forward. Here's why, too. Guys, you fired Doug Peterson. He's a player's coach. Okay? And you hire a guy that's talking about planting fucking flowers. You fire a guy who won a Super Bowl who's a former player himself, who was a backup player, was a journeyman, played in, played in the World League with me. Here, hear me sacking him. Here's me sacking Doug Peterson. See that? That's me sacking Doug Peterson. This guy been around. You take a dump on a dude like that? Players around the league are going to go, well, I don't know. Is that really a place I want to go play? Is that a place that I think is in the direction of, like, winning? You could say, boy, hey, the Eagles have a pot of gold that they show people. And, you know, you go to the Golden Nugget in Vegas, and you see that Golden Nugget out front of the, that casino, and everybody walks by and looks at it. That's what the Eagles do. We got all these draft choices, and you got all this money. And all you do is sit around and look at it. You know, Danny Ainge, the executive for the uh, Celtics, and now Brad Stevens has moved upstairs. Remember all those guys we're talking about all the time, all the draft choices they have? All the picks that Danny has acquired. He's got a tre treasure chest of draft choices. They bought Kyrie Irving up. That thing was a nightmare, right? What have they done with it? Are the Celtics the best team in the East? They're not. Hell, I'm still saying this. Sixers get a move here and get this guy out of the building. You know, I'm going to stop mentioning that guy's name because that guy's not worthy of me to talk because he's not really an athlete. He's a freaking whiner. Sick of him. Doesn't get my – how about this? Let me think of something. Benjamin. They get Benjamin out of the building. I'm going to talk to him that way. Okay? You get Benjamin Simone out of the building. And they could maybe get a trade for him and bring a quality guy in. You got rid of Jimmy Butler for that guy? For Benjamin Simone. You, you, you kept Benjamin Simone over Jimmy Butler. A tough, gritty dude that looks like Philly. <laughs> Who looks more like Philly? Benjamin Simone or, or, or Jimmy Young?
Man, give me a break. Give me a break, right? All right, let me take a time out here. Patrick Mahomes versus Derek Carr this week. Um, my top five NFL teams, I'll throw those out. We'll do it next. You keep it here on the National Football Show. At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass, free. What's that? Uh, a rocks glass? You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that. Holy shit. And you're telling me I can get one of these glasses for free? That's right. One free rocks glass per customer with each first-time purchase of Stateside Vodka. So good, it just disappears. When it comes to the fight against insurance companies, large corporations, and the healthcare industry, injured victims are always the underdog. But that doesn't worry us. At Messon Associates, we're an injury law firm from Philadelphia, and we come to fight. Our clients know that they've got representation with a chip on its shoulder, and it's the same chip that makes Philly the toughest city in the country. Call 215-568-3500 or visit us online at messalaw.com. Metson Associates, the toughest injury firm in Philadelphia. Basketball is part of how we grew up in this city. And every morning, IBEW Local 98 members take their best shot building this city, rescuing our community from decay, and inspiring the young men and women of the region to take pride in who we are, like the Hawks who will never die. Local 98 members love tradition. John Dockery. Business manager of Local 98 says it this way. The best way not to forget where you come from is to never leave. Go for the midnight dares. Go for the game. Go for the hit. Go for the fans. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resorts. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass. Free. You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that. Welcome aboard. National Football Show. Welcome back. Where do you find a head coach that's not much of a gamble? The obvious choices are always the wrong choices when it comes to picking coaches. Where do you go when it comes to finding quality assistance that you think 
will become good head coaches. Where would you go? Where would you go? 215 says hard to say. Okay. Well, if I have trends, though, East Side Monster, Pete Carroll's defense, Belichick's defense. Okay. Okay. It's not bad. Here's where I'm going to go. The Tony Dungy tree. Um, the Mike Holmgren tree. The Dennis Green tree. The Ravens. It's a good one. Follow me here. You don't go to Bill Belichick's place. Name me one assistant coach that's turned out to be worth the shit. I'll take one. Who, Bill O'Brien? Is that your best candidate? Charlie Weiss stunk. Romeo Cornell was not good. He was more of a Parcells kind of guy, though. And remember something about Parcells, guys. Bill Belichick wasn't hired by Bill Parcells in New York. I know many people think that. Okay? Do you know who hired Bill Parcells and Bill Belichick in New York? Everybody was always under, I mean, they had that documentary, The Two Bills. It's not true. Parcells didn't hire Belichick. Ray Perkins did. Ray Perkins hired both guys, you ready? From academies. He hired Bill Parcells from Air Force. He got Bill Belichick, who had been in the Army with his father coaching, and then Bill started being quality control coaches, like with the Baltimore Colts and stuff like that. And then I believe, if I'm not mistaken, the job that he got before he landed in New York, I believe he was in Denver. So he was, he was in theory, he was in Denver, and he was not hired by Parcells. Look at Pittsburgh. Look, look, look at how they hired Mike Tomlin. Mike Tomlin, do you know what coaching staff he was on? Let me give you the coaching tree of Tony Dungy. Okay? Lovey Smith was on it. Herm Edwards was on it. Mike Tomlin was on it. Raheem Morris was a quality control coach. He was on it. Look at all these coaches that were in that place. Rod Marinelli was in that place. Not really a head coach, but he's a hell of a defensive line coach. And uh, um, they had so many great coaches that were in that position. And Dungy went out and hired all those guys. Okay, Monty Kiffin was the defensive coordinator. So Kiffin hires Tomlin. He hires Herm Edwards. He hires Lovey Smith. He hires all those guys that were on that defense. Rod Marinelli in the D-line. Man, what a staff. What a staff they had. Front office was just as good. And that was all under Tony Dungy. But where did Tony Dungy come from? Dennis Green's tree. Dennis Green gave him the first opportunity. My point is, 
these guys that have come up in the ranks, that have been around quality people that have game planned in the NFL, man, you just don't go like this. Do you know how many Cliff Kingberry situations there are? Like, by the way, I can't believe how good a coach that guy is. I can't believe it, man. Have you? Can you guys do this? Who, who in the NFL's history has ever been an average coach in college? Well, actually, wait, a below average coach. Okay, a below average coach. And and then and then turned out to be a superstar NFL head coach. I've never seen this. I mean, this Cliff Kingsbury guy has turned out to be the best coach in the maybe in the NFC West. I think McVay's McVay's the best. But boy. Yeah, hey, Rico says how he hired off of a twig. <laughs> you like one of those weather guys or things? Oh, this guy here, he'll do. You've got to do your homework when it comes to finding a good assistant coach, don't you? You've, you've got to do as much evaluating on finding a good assistant as you do on finding a quarterback. I'll make this point to you. I think it may be even tougher to find a good head coach than it is to find a quarterback because they're both brutal, and you've got to do your due diligence, and you've got to do just more than looking at one loss record. Think of this for a second. So Steve Kime, the general manager of the Arizona Cardinals, you, do you know the process in that whole Cliff Kingsbury deal? So Kingsbury gets fired from Texas Tech. He had Patrick Mahomes there, and he sucked. Then Clay Helton and USC hire him. He's going to be the OC in Los Angeles. What happens next? Steve Kime goes like this. Hey, why don't you come down and um, let's do an interview. Steve Kime was blown away by the guy. They hired him. He saw Josh Rosen. He goes, that ain't it. And Kime goes, I agree. What did they do? After drafting that guy in the first round, Josh Rosen, who they knew sucked, they moved off their mistake quick. Do you think Howie Roseman would move off of a first round? Watch this. If Howie Roseman drafted Josh Rosen, you think he'd move off from that quick? You think Howie Roseman would move off that guy that quick? No way. No way. They'd be in the Daniel Snyder toilet bowl, circling around Dwayne Haskins and the RG3s of the world and all these guys that they've drafted in the first round who just totally out now blown. Right? They would be in that cesspool of trying to figure it out, and they can't because they can't do their homework. Finding a coach is hard. But this is how they found Sirianni. They took the word of Frank, which is not bad. Frank's a friend. Frank is a great evaluator, I think, of personnel. They hired Nick Sirianni off of this. Can I tell you what I think happened? Go back and listen to the interview of Frank, who was on our program. Guys, you tell me if I'm wrong. You got Sirianni because in the whole process of trading Carson Wentz, they started sparking a conversation up about a coach, and they needed a coach. And get this, they didn't have a coach yet. And they went, so what do you think? Who do you think would fit the mold here um, for Carson Wentz? Who do you think? Well, I, he goes, I, I think Nick would do a really great job. 
So they took the word of the Colts instead of doing their own homework. And they knew they didn't have to pay him. Dude, that's not winning football. That's not hiring the best people possible. That's totally looking out for the economics of the team, which I get. You've got to balance the cap. You've got to do all those things. I, I completely understand that that's – look, I'm not just saying this. Hey, just throw money in a trash can and burn it on fire. I, I'm not saying that. Phillip says Deuce Staley would be a good head coach. Philip, why do you think – wait a minute, wait a minute. Philip, you know the answer, don't you? Why do you think Deuce Staley is not the head coach of the Philadelphia Eagles? Jonathan, thank you, sir. Why do you think Deuce Staley's not the head coach? Do you guys have an idea? Tell me. Why do you think he's not? Why do you think he's not going to be a puppet? You're getting there, Jermaine. That's probably it. You know why Deuce Staley's not your head coach? The players would be loyal to him, not to the owner in front office. Howie doesn't want that. Okay? Howie doesn't want that. Howie doesn't want, just like Jerry Jones doesn't want, the head football coach of his football team having the players go to him like they did with Jimmy Johnson first. Which means this. Howie's got an authority issue. He has a problem delegating authority. And that's the number one problem with your front office. They can't delegate authority. You have a coach. You have an assistant coach. You have a weight and conditioning coach. And over here, you have the personnel department. Do you know when Jimmy Johnson was the head coach in Dallas, the personnel department and the coaching staff were on two separate sides of the building. He didn't want them anywhere near one another. That's the way you should do it. The personnel people should be nowhere near a locker room. They should be nowhere involved in game planning. They should be nowhere involved when it comes to who's starting and who's not starting. That's not a general manager and a scout's responsibility. They can't delegate very well in Philly. Okay, delegating power is a problem. That's why the owner and the GM have you $20 million under the salary cap. I figured it out. You guys aren't bad. Players are playing to the best of their ability. That's why when you hear our post-game show, you, you, you hear everybody, from John McMullen to everyone, Jody and everybody. You know what they're saying? Guys are playing hard. Well, when you're $20 million under the salary cap, it's like playing a team with one arm tied behind your back when you're that far under the cap. Show me a team that has won a Super Bowl 
that has been that far under the cap or a team that's gone to the playoffs or a team that's competed with that kind of number. There isn't one. There isn't one. Teams struggle to get under it. They cut players. The good teams have to cut players. You know, when the offseason comes and those really expensive guys are making all that money, you know the first people to go are the expensive dudes. It's not the seventh rounders or the free agents. They want those guys all night long. Got to make up half the roster. You're basically sabotaging your own team when you're that far under the cap. It's actually embarrassing. You're, you're, you're a Philadelphia Eagle fan, and you're being bullshitted. And the local media is bullshitting you. Oh, this guy's a great coach. He's the best rookie coach. You think he's better than Brandon Staley, who just outcoached him? Really? Okay, I don't. I think his offense has gotten better because that's his forte. But doesn't he go – what was he comment a couple of weeks ago? I don't watch really the defensive film. What? Okay. Can you imagine owning a company? You own the company. One, the owner owns the company. He's hired you to run it. And you went to him and said, yeah, you know, we're really doing really well on production. Our production is really, really doing well. well what about sales? Well, I don't really go over to the sales department. You know, I don't, I don't really deal with that. Well, wait a minute. You're the CEO of the company. Yeah, I, I have... I have um, a guy that I hired. He kind of handles that. Well, who the hell is he? Well, I got this guy out of graduate school, and he runs the sales department. Dude, sales is what elevates us. That is an important department, too. It all works together. Offense, defense, sales, and production. So you got a head coach that doesn't look at half of the building. You're three and six. Hello. This is embarrassing. I can't be the only toolbox in the building that sees all this. Money's cheap. Hires are cheap. Quarterback's cheap. Hey, maybe I got to say something positive. The fans are great. Your stadium's spectacular. I've been to it five times. Okay? I love that whole sports facility. But the product you have that's, like, on the diamond, it's kind of decent. Blue says this. Blue goes here. I blame Howie for painting and pairing Sirianni with a Ricky D.C., we need a veteran DC. Absolutely. 75, I'm with you, bro. Dude, you guys are such a fabulous franchise. It's clearly one of my favorite franchises. That's why I spend a lot of time on it. Clearly one of my favorites. 
Let me get you my top five. We're going to do it next. Man, guys. Somebody needs a lot of fire under that thing because you know what? It's very simple to figure out why you're three and six. Keep it right here on the National Football Show. Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass, free. What's that? Uh, a rocks glass? You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that. Holy shit. And you're telling me I can get one of these glasses for free? That's right. One free rocks glass per customer with each first-time purchase of Stateside Vodka. So good, it just disappears. When it comes to the fight against insurance companies, large corporations, and the healthcare industry, injured victims are always the underdog. But that doesn't worry us. At Messon Associates, we're an injury law firm from Philadelphia, and we come to fight. Our clients know that they've got representation with a chip on its shoulder, and it's the same chip that makes Philly the toughest city in the country. Call 215-568-3500 or visit us online at messalaw.com. Messon Associates, the toughest injury firm in Philadelphia. Basketball is part of how we grew up in this city. And every morning, IBEW Local 98 members take their best shot building this city, rescuing our community from decay, and inspiring the young men and women of the region to take pride in who we are, like the Hawks who will never die. Local 98 members love tradition. John Dockery. Business manager of Local 98 says it this way. The best way not to forget where you come from is to never leave. Go for the midnight tears. Go for the game. Go for the hits. Go for the fans. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resorts. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass. Free. You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that. Welcome back. National Football Show. I did this on the middle today. Guys sent me a Jerome Brown tops card when he was with the Eagles. Look at that. Ski says, love the show. He listens to all the other Philly shows, and then he pieces it together, and then he gets his own opinion. Look at this. This is my boy Jerome. Somebody sent this to me. I get a whole bunch of these cards. I get a bunch of stuff, man. People always send me. They know that we were, we were crime dogs. Man, I love that guy. 
Yeah, they send me all kinds of Jerome stuff, man. Oh, God. What an absolutely cool dude. Man, what a, what a, what a, what a, just, he, he was perfect for Philly, too. He was totally perfect for Philly. Eastside Monster, look at it. You know what's funny, too, guys? I, I When I watch the Eagle games, man, I see a lot of 98 gear at the link. Yeah. My my closest friend was that guy. Hey, hey, real quick. Do you know that guy made me break up a Ku Klux Klan rally? <laughs> I think I told you this. You can Google it. It's in Sports Illustrated. Sports Illustrated did an article. I was with the Buccaneers. I had just got to Tampa. And I had a racist owner named Hugh Culverhouse. He was Kentucky and all this bullshit. He was so, he was so bad to the black players. Everyone knew it. And 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 Jerome lived in Brooksville. So Jerome's like, hey, Sills, man, I need you. Like, sure. I'm always there for him. I was always there. By the way, I still contact his kid, D. D Brown. Kid was a fire or a police officer. I helped him get a job as a police officer. We made a vow that if one of us lost our kids when we were older, we would always look over the shoulder of our kids. So I keep that promise to Jerome. I do. A couple times a year, I'll reach out to Dean and see how he's doing. So he brings me up to uh, Brooksville. We're in this parade. I'm think I'm in this parade, man. I'm in this parade. And I see, and I go, I see these guys in these hats. And I go, dude, what is that? He goes, oh, the, the clan's here. We're going to, we're going to, we're going to, we're going to break up. I go, what are you talking about? This is a clan rally. He goes, yeah. I go, dude, I'm going to get kicked off my fucking team. Are you crazy? My owner's a nutbag. Holy shit. I go, you're crazy. This is clan country, man, Brooksville. He goes, I need you. I go, oh, by the end of the whole thing, we were eating hot dogs and Jerome had calmed the situation down. Everybody went home. Everybody drank beers. And that guy was a leader. I looked at him and I said, don't do that again. <laughs> he just started laughing. He, I go, don't do that again, please. Don't ever put me in a situation like that again. Oh, my God. Eastside goes, what about Reggie White with under the arm throw? Oh, my God. Reggie was so, dude. And you want to hear something? Reggie used to sit around and laugh. Um, when me and Jerome were in the room, he would laugh his ass off. You guys know a guy by the name of Junior Talatasi? Junior Talatasi was a friend of mine in uh, Dallas, too. He was on the Cowboys, and he went to the Eagles. And we used to catch, we used to hook up with Reggie and his wife. His wife was spectacular. Reggie's the nicest guy on the planet. He was, man. Oh, what a great guy. Used to just laugh. Jerome would make him laugh. Seth Joyner and Waters. Oh, Andre Waters, what another loss. Ski says Deuce was the offensive coordinator calling plays. I think offense would be on fire. Deuce. Being the head coach in Philly ain't happening. 
You're not bringing a strong-willed personality coach. That's what Doug Peterson's no longer your head coach. That's not what they want. This has been a classroom of reality talk. Guys, you could talk. Watch this. When you talk about Howie and you talk about the owner and you talk about the the team being three and six, that's just the weeds. They're winning. And their eyes. Oh, my God, Dave. Dave. Hey, Xander, real quick. Put, put Dave up there, please, for me. <sighs> Man, Mike Pitts was a great guy. Man, he was a great guy. Mike Pitts passed away a couple days ago. Man, was he a great guy. Man, what a really great guy. Holy shit. Wow. Mike Pitts was a great guy. Yeah. I think I'm going to end it there, guys. Um, Hey, do me a favor. Please hit the like button. You guys are spectacular. You know, we're going to get Romanowski on. He had a change from um, uh, today to tomorrow. So we're going to have him on. We're going to talk some defense. And we'll we'll get more of a sense of what's going on, okay, with um, why Gannon can't disguise and do any of those things. But um, in honor of Mike Pitts, okay, rest in peace, brother. You will clearly be missed. Don't forget, guys, I'll catch you tomorrow going four to six. And we'll see you on the flip side. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.